Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they have built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. I'm Emily Lasser, and on this show, we're interviewing our dear friend, Helen Owen. In this episode, Ellen talks about letting your kids in on your financial decisions and how to raise children who know how to negotiate, earn, and save money. Good morning, everybody. We have Helen Owen back on Wealth Edit Wednesday, and we are so excited to have um, her. As many of y'all know, I can see there's a lot of uh, repeat um, Wealth Edit members here, but for those of you that are new, if you have not had the chance to hear Helen speak, um, you're in for a treat this morning. The thing that we love the most about Helen is that she speaks the truth to us when um, so oftentimes people aren't brave enough to do that. So thank you, Helen. And on top of that, she does it with a lot of grace and humor. So we always laugh, but we always come away knowing, being more wise. So thank you, Helen. I um, love and, Yeah. You and Lauren, y'all are doing it right. And if y'all weren't doing it right, I wouldn't come on this. (laughs) But I'm going to start with a disclaimer, which I start every time and tell y'all, I didn't do everything right, but I did get in the ditch. I did. My husband and I got in the ditch. We, our children grew up in the most, one of the most affluent places in this country. And we were just regular people. And I'm telling you that started low, both of us, and we work our way up. My husband ended up being the president of the company after a hundred years and a lot of tight budgets and a lot of really having to check myself. So that's where this come from. This comes from, it's my pulpit because that's my experience. So I have lived this. So that's my disclaimer, but I did always get what I tell y'all all the time, the 10 cents and nine cents row, which is if you have 10 cents, you can only spend nine cents. And since this talk is about children, I'm going to start with, um, I knew I had to teach that to my children because there are a lot of other things I want to say about this, but I'm going to start with my, one of my great friends who's now a very successful decorator here in the South. But she called me and said, I want you to tell my story because it's true. And I said, okay, give it to me. And she told me and I said, I grew up with you and never knew that. She said, well, I didn't know it. So her parents, beautiful, great people. I loved them. And they had a beautiful house. And so my friend said she and her two siblings grew up in in La La Land. I mean, everything was great. They got cars. What she didn't know is that her father went bankrupt twice in her growing up. So she goes to college. They didn't ever tell them. They never let them in on anything. So my friend and her siblings thought, this is, this is the way life is. And she went to college, fell in love, got married. And guess what happened to her? Her whole life fell apart because her parents, as precious as they are, they didn't do the job. They did not teach and no one told you to have children. No one told you. It's a gift. My children are infertility children. So believe me, I get that. But nobody asked you to have your children. So if you have children, you have got to shape up. You have got to get it together and figure out, even if you have money, even if you have money, 
that's no excuse for not teaching your children and giving them the tools to go out into the world. Because my favorite line, Emily knows, is what if they fall in love with a missionary? And everybody goes, oh, well, it's true. They might fall in love with a farmer from Idaho. And you haven't given them the tools, well, shame on you because it's your responsibility. And that's about money and life. So to end the story about my friend, she, her life fell apart. She and her husband went bankrupt. They had a horrible divorce and she's back on her feet after a million years. And she's a fabulous decorator, hugely successful, but she actually called me and said, please tell people that because that's the way I grew up and I was not prepared and I love my parents, but they dropped the ball on that. So I hope you hear that. That's that's really one of my closest friends' life story. So um, I, I'll start with, there are a lot of things I wanna say, but when you're talking about children with money, so a lot of people say, well, should I give them allowance? Should I not give them allowance? Um, I don't care either way on that, but I will tell you, your children don't need to have everything. They need to, to do some work. If that's clean the baseboards was one of my favorite things to get my son Rhett to do. And he would be like, oh, I can't wait to go to college because I'm sick of this. And my friends call me Cindy for Cinderella. And I'm like standing over him going, go on, Cindy, move it on, you move on. You don't live here for free. And I do, I told Emily yesterday and I've gotten better overnight because I, I really do study for this, but I'm discouraged because I know there are people your age buying Jimmy Choo shoes for your junior hire. And I don't care if you can afford it. That is wrong. That's just wrong. Because if they marry the missionary or the farmer and your daughter or son who's used to the fabulous suede loafers or whatever it is, the spouse is going to say, we don't have it. We can't afford it. And what's wrong with those words? We can't afford it should be in your vocabulary. Guess what? Even if you can afford it, you're going to teach that you don't always get everything that you want in this life. It's not always handed to you. And if you don't teach that, or if you don't get that yourself, then you have really dropped the ball. You're not being responsible. Because as I said before, no one told you to have children. You chose to do that. And so it's you got to step up. You can't let them go out into the world. At the time, when people are 16, the suitcase is closed. Up until that time, when they're younger, you have a lot of room to pack tools into the suitcase for when they leave. The, the lid gets slower, lower and lower. By the time they're 16, it's right here. And after that, it's closed. There's no more room. So this is the time. you got to do it. Emily's doing a great job. I've listened to her for a couple of years. And she gets it. I mean, you got to do some work. And even if you get an allowance, that doesn't mean you just live in your house free then you've got to contribute. So, you know, Emily, I have about 20 stories. So I'm going to let you pick. Do you want me to tell you, tell the one about the young man with the daughter and the iPad? Do you want me to tell you the story about Red in England with the headmistress that called Dickie and me in? I mean, those are really yeah. poignant about money. I really like the England story. I like them all. But in the interest okay. of time, I like the England story. 
All right, this is, we lived in England for four years and we actually had our daughter, Milner, there. But Rhett was in a little, he was four. He was in a little preparatory school in London and he had a little blazer and it said onward and upward, little cap. And it was exactly what you would think of. But so the owner was a woman who had been in the R, the Royal Air Force for women, whatever they call that there, in the um, British service in the Second World War. She was tiny and a force. So she called Dickie, Dickie's my husband. She called us in and said, I need to have a talk with you. So I'm such a goody goody. I was like, oh, I'm going to the principal. But we were going to the principal. And she sat, we sat down and she said, in a very British accent, is Rhett an only child? And I said, well, right now he is, but we were actually pregnant with Milner. And she said, well, I thought so. And I said, why? And she said, because he expects everything. When he says, oh, I'd like that toy, he thinks he's gonna get it right then. Or I would like a snack. He thinks he's getting it right then. Are there, do you have a nanny? Like, yes, we had a nanny, not because we were wealthy, but because everybody in London has a nanny because it's just the way it is because you can't get around, you have to have somebody there. That's another story. Um, anyway, she said, so think about it. He's a little four-year-old, you've got, especially on the weekends, you've got your husband, you've got you, and you have a live-in nanny. And so if Rhett says, I'd like some apple juice, then there are three people who can jump up and do it. And she said, here's your assignment. And I mean it, make him wait. And we were like, what, what? And she said, make him wait. So that for the, you've got to change the way you're living. So when he said, the next time he says, tell your nanny this too. He says, I want, you know, a cookie or whatever. You sit back and you say, we'll get to that when we can. We're, we're already doing something. And I, she said, I don't care if nobody's doing anything. You make him wait, learn how to wait. And we did, we changed and he literally got that. But we wouldn't have really ever picked up on that if somebody hadn't told us. So I'm telling you, make your children wait, make them earn something. It feels good to earn something. When they say, this is one of my favorite lines. When they say, can we go to Paris for spring break? Because all of my friends are, believe me, Milner came home at four when we had moved back to the South. And she said, mom, when are we getting a plane? Because all of my friends have a plane. And I went, oh, no. And I looked at her five best friends. They all either had a plane or access to a company plane. And I was like, well, so here's what I learned. Well, we can't afford a plane. See, I think your age group is so afraid of those words. You're like, well, they're not going to like me or they're not going to be liked or we can't afford a plane, but let me tell you what we can afford. We're saving money to go to Charleston. In fact, that's what we had told her. We're saving money to go to Charleston and we're going to fly on a plane. And she was thrilled. So it wasn't, we can't afford it. And then next, it was, we can't afford it, but let's talk about what we can afford, which is great. And she, to this day, I'm gonna tell you, think of the people that you know who are irritating, spoiled, entitled. We all have friends like, I have two friends just like that. I love them, they're hard to be with. They were never taught. They were never taught about money. They had a bunch of money. They still have, 
a bunch of money. But that's not what it's about. It's about giving your children these tools. Like, what is a smart choice? What, what are we going to do here to let our children not think, even if you're rich, even if you're richy rich, not think that it's just an automatic. So yeah. that's up to you to teach. Well, and Helen, I mean, it, just as I'm listening to you, each one of those skills are skills that we use as adults as well. I mean, you have, be, you have to be able to have that mentality of sometimes I have to wait. Um, and then also the mentality of like, it's better if I take the time to save or earn the trip rather than, I mean, I always say a trip that I've planned for is so much more enjoyable than one that I've taken spur of the moment that I feel like slightly uneasy that I probably shouldn't be spending this money right now. I mean, for me, it's always in the back of my head and I'm like, Ugh, like I, but like those things that I've actively earned um, still as an adult are much more fun. I mean, it, there's much more of a, you know, a rush of like, look, you know, look what we've done. We've worked real hard all year. Now we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And, and you're it, letting them in on that. Right. That's, that's mm -hmm. it. But, you know, but, all these things, as we've said, you know, we talked about this yesterday and this morning, you know, all these things don't necessarily apply to our children. I mean, it's to ourselves too. I mean, you know, absolutely. And being able to tell ourselves, you know, I can't afford that right now. Do you know what? This past weekend, our daughter lives in Nashville. And so Dickie and I called this, the man that helps us with finances and said, we want to buy a condominium in Nashville because our grandchildren are there. And we have some here. We, and he said, okay, well, this is the amount of money y'all can write a check for. And so I'm thinking, oh yeah, buddy, I'm gonna go to Nashville and get myself a big old penthouse. <laughs> well, I got there and I sold real estate for 23 years and I know Nashville has gotten crazy, but my money could, uh, in the old great neighborhood where Milner lives, could afford to buy me a molded pool and uh, a flat that had two bedrooms, two baths, and the bathrooms were from the 1970s salmon pink toilet. <laughs> so what did I have to say? And my husband was like, I'm going back home to my nice house. I'm not <laughs> staying here anymore. I said, guess what? We can't afford what we want. We need a million dollars to get a two bedroom, two bath. So I'm this age and I'm saying we can't afford it. And I hated it. It made me sick because what we had saved, I thought, well, it's a big chunk of money, but it wasn't going to get me what I wanted. So guess what? I can't afford it. I'm going to have to probably rent a flat or I don't know. It, it was, I, I learned a lesson all over again. As successful as we have become, we still can't afford a lot. Because mm -hmm. the world is crazy. If you don't know that at your age, life's going to be really tough. And again, if you have the money, well, that's great. You could walk into Nashville and pay a million dollars for a two-bedroom. Go for it. But if you haven't taught your children, so they think money's just an, it coming all the time. And I will tell you, my children have told me they grew up in a house where we talked about the budget. And we did say, we can't afford that, but we can do this. They, to this day, say our house was a fun house. We were fun, but, but Red especially has said, if we were going to take a trip, I always felt like it was so fun and everything was exciting. And I look back now and I know it's because you and daddy could afford it. 
And so you were never going to do something that we couldn't afford. So it always felt good. There were parameters in our house, but it was it's safety and parameters. So if, again, if you're not in the ditch teaching this, because believe me, your children's best friends are going to have the Jimmy Choo's and they're going to be going to Austria for spring break. Well, you have got to you have got to pull back in and say, what do I want my children to know about life? It really comes down to discipline. And I hate to be an old lady that just ragging on discipline, but I don't see it a lot in your age group. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it's so I want it and I'm going to get it now. That's it. I want it and I'm going to get it now. And your children feel that way too. Mm -hmm. So what is new question? I feel like I'm being mean. No, you're not being mean. But another thing with kids is like, I've noticed with my teenage girls that because now there's so little like cash um, being exchanged in their, I mean, I almost feel like I've done my children a disservice by giving them the debit card. I think everybody's heard my story about Mary Jane charging up the credit card, you know, and Chick-fil-A and ICs, but like not even realizing like what that means. And so, like, you know, they, they just have this card and they're not- It's free money. It's free, free money. money. They're not taught to look at the balance. There's no real consequence to going below the balance because it's just connected to something else, you know? And so for me, like I called the bank and said, I want her card to be declined if she doesn't have enough money in the account. Um, because she needs to understand that she needs to be checking the balance, like understanding how much money she has in there. Because I realized I had fallen short on like really. You, you started teaching. Yeah. And so that's been a big thing because they, they don't even have that because everything's so electronic now. It's Amazon. It's whatever, where it's all just a click of a button. We have to, I think, just try extra hard to teach them the value of the dollar and what it means to, to save or give. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I have people. I've been doing this for about eleven years, talking about this because no one talks about it in terms of let's talk about money and the real deal that's going on and I feel like it's a really important thing that I'm saying not that I'm important but this information so I have people coming in my house all the time that I help with budgets the hardest people to deal with are the people that have money they're just looking at me like we don't know where it is and we're, you know, the husband's mad at the wife or the wife's mad at the husband because they're not on the same page. It's hard to get them to see that you owe your children the tools because I promise you when they get their first job and it comes down to discipline too, like you're going to earn, you know, a dollar for doing this and we're starting at nine, they show up at nine, 10, the deal's off, the deal's off because you're teaching them their first job, they go in late. And I can picture my husband who is, he's always the first one there and always the last one. If somebody showed up 30 minutes late, he, he would be, excuse me, wait a minute, who's paying, who's paying you here? What are you doing? Well, you know what? Those people were never taught that money is time and people expect things from me. You, you've got some people out there who are like, 
and I pick on the Jimmy Choo's because one of my clients actually said, my daughter wants some Jimmy Choo's. They're $700. I've told Emily and Lauren this ad nauseum. And I think I'm going to get them for her because junior high is tough and I want her to be in. So I, Helen Owens is going in my mind because I'm thinking about the missionary. I'm honestly, read some good books. Learn how to teach your children. Like I said, it is not hard. It is discipline. That's it. I know yeah, I'm with you now, but. No, and a word of encouragement to a lot of us who, you know, we created the wealth edit because we realized that oftentimes we as women have been, you know, behind on really understanding our finances and getting them in order. And, you know, oftentimes it is easier to stick our head in the sand, but instead saying, like, okay, I'm finding it difficult to, to teach my children this because I don't know it. Like, let that be an encouragement to you to then continue to move forward with it and just bring your kids along for the ride. And I mean, ask somebody for help. Mm -hmm. Emily and Lauren have my info. Hey, I'll help anybody and I do it for the kingdom, literally. So, and, and I want you to hear this too, because this is encouraging, but think about it. A lot of people your age think, well, when my children go to college, you know, they'll be on their own. Guess what? The people who do a great job raising their children have responsible and great people who come back home and they usually are have good jobs or they've been taught. I, I'm looking at it now because some of my friends who are entitled who still have a buttload of money, they never taught their children. Their children are messes. They're in their early 30s. They're messes. Guess why? They never had any kind of parameters or lessons or teaching about money, especially money. But money is a big part of learning discipline and, and life skills for future. So hear me, do it. If you want me to tell you again, or they're great books. John Crowell wrote some great books about raising children. James Dobson. I mean, they all are like, please do your job because you're going to you are going to wake up when they're 25 and they're going to be on your doorstep. Hey, mom and dad, I'm out. I got no job. I got no relationship. I'm moving back in with you. Mm -hmm. yeah. that ha it's happened a bunch to some of my friends. Yeah. And Milner and Red are not perfect. I want you to know that. They are great with money. They have, they have their own families and they make mistakes, but they get it. If you, they get it. Mm -hmm. And then Catherine uh, Thrower just made a great comment and it kind of speaks to, I think about when you tell us about facing the tiger, but it says um, often we, we know the things that you're saying, but we ignore it because we feel like everyone else can do all the things. Um, but this is an encouragement to you should discussions like this remind us that we're not alone and everyone is dealing with these wants and really do want the discipline. Tonight. Well, your children actually want it. You know, there's an example of when they put a bunch of six-year-olds on a playground and they had, they took away the outside fence. So what did the children all do? They clung to the center to each other because there were no parameters. There wasn't a, there wasn't a fence. They put the fence back. The children went all over the playground and up to the fence because they knew the boundary. 
It's as simple as that. And I promise you, every single person I have, just about all my friends are hugely wealthy. I'm not really sure how that happened to me, but it's true. And people laugh and say, your lunch group? My word, what is going on? I'm like, yes, I am the poor person. But I have two children that they turned out. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They, they're, they're good for the way they grew up. It's not just that they made it. They're better for the way they grew up. And I don't care if your best friend has a plane, because believe me, three of mine do. It, it's so much better for your baby. Mm-hmm. And nobody asked you to have them. Remember that. You owe them. And I promise you will get the benefit. If you want to get back to selfishness, you get the benefit for doing the good job or you don't. 25 on your doorstep, no relationship, no job. I'm moving home. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So like if we shift gears a little bit and I know we talked about this yesterday about how clarity is kindness, you know, if, so if we create some clear rules for our kids, you know, as we think through money and how they spend it and also obviously walking the, the talk, but what were some of your clear like rules that you gave them or instructions with regard to money? Well, like I said, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you do an allowance or my line was, hey, we're all living here. We have a wonderful life, but everybody's doing something to live here. And this was when my children were little. I'm talking kindergarten. I go, so here's what you're going to do to be a part of this family. And then I gave them allowance. As they got older, I gave them a small allowance. And I said, you can only spend nine cents of this dollar. 90 cents of this dollar as they got older i had jobs let me tell you something they they may whine about it but they do a good job if you're holding money out i'd say you can earn 20 dollars if you do this job around the house and so you start to correlate the work with the pay Mm -hmm. and you're and you're teaching them as they're going along i don't really love just giving out money especially as they're older and there's nothing that they have to contribute. When Rhett was 13, he said, am I getting a Jeep when I turned 16? I was like, uh, not in this world. You're going to get a great car uh, used, obviously. But you have to have $3,000 before we'll even talk to you. Do you know how much $3,000 is to a 13-year-old? He was like, uh, well, I guess I'm not getting a car. He went and got a job at the local grocery store, bagging groceries. He was totally embarrassed. His friends, who never had a job, walked through and, you know, made fun of him. Well, on his 16th birthday, we got him an old, fabulous Grand Wagoneer, you know, those cool cat Jeeps with the wood. And we took his $3,000. We put it in his college fund, but we didn't tell him that. There's a great example. We gave him three years to earn the money, and he did. He got off his sorry butt. He is a fabulous golfer. And that's what he wanted to do all summer long, play golf. And I was like, well, you know what? So that'll be great. And I'll drive you to the golf course when you're 17. And he was like, oh. So he got up and did it. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. Hold something out there. Tell them what it costs, what you're willing to contribute, but what they have to contribute before you'll even talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, I had this conversation with my 16-year-old a few weeks ago. She had been asked to babysit for two weeks um, to, like, go on a trip with a family and babysit for two weeks. And she was a little, she was going to miss her birthday. And um, there was a couple other things she she's been real busy with sports and that was her time off, you know, like, okay. Right. And so she said, oh, there's just a lot of things I want to do during that time. And, and I said, okay, I mean, I understand that. And I said, but I mean, have you ever really thought about like why you get paid to do a job? And she said, I guess, cause I'm doing work. I was like, there's that. But then there's also, they're paying you to give up something you want to do in order to receive money. I mean, it goes on both sides. So you're doing work for them, but they're also paying you because they know that you're giving up something you could do otherwise. So you have to decide, is it worth it to give up, you know, some lazy days to have spending money because they're going to pay her really well to have spending money really like for the whole first semester of school. Right. I mean, so learn the lesson even with little children Mm -hmm. even like when Milner and Rat were four and four and eight I I would set it up I'd say okay people I need y'all I need somebody I'll pay five dollars after a storm y'all go pick up two huge bags full of sticks and I'll give you five dollars so there's the idea. Okay, if I do this job, there's an end to the job too. It's just not like you have to always do your room or something like that. It's a job specific. That one went to the front yard, one went to the backyard. They picked up tons of sticks. They each got five bucks. It was over. I got something I wanted because I didn't want to do it. And they got $5 and they were little, but they understood. So that's what they grew up seeing. Mm-hmm. It, I'm telling you, they are better people for it. Yeah. Well, and just as you said, it bleeds over into so many other things other than money. It's relationships, it's mm-hmm. you know, confidence, it's mm-hmm. enjoyment of life. It's so many other things, and it's so important. Money is the biggest contributor to divorce in our country because even if you have money, you're you're conflicted about it or one's a spender and one's a saver and it is the biggest contributor to divorce so if you're single and listening to this learn the lesson I mean learn the lesson for yourself mm-hmm. it's yeah. not bad to not be able to afford something I will say it wasn't that much fun this weekend I'm just gonna tell you all the truth I really wanted the high-rise penthouse for a million dollars and I just couldn't afford it and it was it was terrible I wish I had had a million dollars to blow I didn't so I couldn't afford it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's that much fun to be on a budget, but it's healthy. It's good. Yeah. Well, Helen, as as always, we love having you, and we love just soaking in all your wisdom. Does anybody have any questions? I see that um, we've got a few comments. Are good. So Susie said that her daughter for the first time looked checked a price tag because she was using her own money. And, oh yeah, yeah, that's and they're right. using green light, which we love. I think that's a great way to start with kids because they do kind of that green light. It shows them how much they have. They can check it. They can watch that declining balance. That's really helpful. 
And uh, Carrie says, we pull out a set amount of money each month in $1 in dollar bills and pay our daughter for chores or voluntary fantastic behavior. Turns out she'll clean the baseboards when she knows money's on the line. <laughs> that's the truth, but that's like me. I'd much rather do a job if I'm going to get a reward. That's just yeah. human nature. But you're all, a great job on that to have the money sitting in a bowl or something. It's like, this is up for grabs. Who wants to do what around here? Yeah. I promise. It's yeah. great. Um, and then Catherine added, and kids love the time they spend with you when they take, hold on, I'm sorry, they just want to take the time to really explain and discuss money, a reminder for setting aside the time. And also, your toughest job is your child's best friend who has no parameters who belongs to three country clubs who gets the bmw for it's tough it's tough but it's valuable yeah it's so valuable and then somebody said can we do part two on thoroughly discussing the investments and such with older children yes we can definitely do that and that's one that i've already started talking with my girls so did you talk with your kids about investments and what I mo what we mostly decided were there were some big ticket things they wanted when they got to high school. Um, Milner wanted to go to France with the group, and um, Rhett, of course, wanted the Grand Wagoneer. So rather than actually Milner, when she got to college, called Tony, our investment guy, and said, "Well, it's time for me to have an investment account." We didn't even know, but she had heard us talking about it. Not negatively, because we don't want to scare them, but if just in general terms, she started her own investment account. Red has his own now. I mean, but in high school, when they got old enough, there were things they wanted and they want, and we said, we'll help you, but you've got to be invested in it. And it was a great teaching tool rather than them doing an investment account, account so early we made them invest in their, in what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And it was huge teacher. Now, later on, when they got older, yes, we did help them. We, mostly what we did is send them to a great, our friend who, and y'all are fabulous. So this age group knows y'all and mm -hmm. they will come to you and say, help my child set up her first investment account. That's so valuable. Mm -hmm. But I think you can do that at the right age. And it's not the same age. Milner could have done it at eight, Rhett, more after college. You know, there's a maturity factor. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> he's a great guy. Well, and I just love what you said. I've really not ever thought about that like that is that, you know, them learning to invest in themselves is the same exact concept of why we put money in retirement or why we save money. You know, I mean, like just that thought of like, why do we do this? You know, what's the basis for why does every what why do our investments matter and that's what's the payoff what's yeah, the payoff mm -hmm. they need investment accounts don't hear me i wrong i mean yeah, they yeah. Might have them, but but there's and like i said there's a different age mm -hmm. different ages for who's more mature and who gets it and you know right so all right, Helen, thank you so much. I hope everybody has a great day and I'm sure we will all be thinking on this for weeks to come. So thank you. Well, I can I can whip on y'all anytime you want. <laughs> hey, we'll have you back in a couple of months. Okay. Thank you. Love y'all. Take care. Right. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. 
you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.